Hi, welcome to the Supply Chain Management with GDP Podcast, where we discuss industry best practices, current affairs, effective leadership, and the latest innovations in the world of supply chain. Aimed at explaining the concepts of supply chain in the leanest way possible, comes one of the most efficient and quickest shows where you will listen to interviews with various subject matter experts in the supply chain domain. So let's just get right into it. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Supply Chain Management with GDP. Today we have another guest on our show for our third episode. We have Bhumika Palesha with us. Let's just get started and let her introduce herself. Hello, thank you for having me here. I'm super excited to be on this podcast and I've been following you on LinkedIn for a long time. I'm going to give a very brief introduction about myself. My name is Bhumika Palesha and uh, I'm a demand planner currently at Spreetail. It's a company based in Lincoln, Nebraska. My educational background has informed a lot into why I chose to get into supply chain and demand planning per se. I completed my bachelor's in information technology, after which I worked as a software developer for about a year and a half with you know, a major software company based in Pune, India. I pretty much got bored of, you know, what I was doing and thought like I really needed to diversify and also understanding the importance of, you know, multidisciplinary approach that you need these days in any workforce. I wanted to upgrade my skills and try something new. I took up this internship at a pharmaceutical company in India where, um, you know, I worked as an intern in the supply chain world you know, that, that's where I was actually able to use my, you know, data analytics skills and playing around with algorithms and bring it into effect into operations. Yep. So I can totally relate to that. Me also coming from a software developer side where I worked for Capture Night General Electric as a software developer in the supply chain and finance ERPs. So the switch, I totally understand. And plus, I get, I guess being a software developer, you develop a lot of these analytical side, which can help in the supply chain side. Exactly. I always say once an engineer, always an engineer. So you're not going to take away that, you know, all the intensive, rigorous um, Indian schooling that you've been through. Um, And yeah, uh, I finished my master's in engineering management in 2020. And um, right after I took up a job with this, uh, the ventilator company, and I was working as a compliance analyst there. After that, I took up a job with Spreetail and currently working as a demand planner. That's pretty cool. Let's just jump straight into the first question, what you touched upon on your last slide. Why did you decide to start working with Spreetail? Yeah, very good question. And, you know, supply chain is also so industry specific. The only experience I had was at Vortex Pharmaceuticals. So that was, again, a biotech company. And I'd mostly had pharmaceutical industry experience and I kind of wanted to pivot from there and get more into e-commerce obviously everyone talks about the Amazon effect and so I was pretty excited and um, I started looking more in that industry and that's when I stumbled upon Spreetail and it's actually one of the fastest growing e-commerce company what we do is if you're a manufacturer you just focus on your core competency of producing the product and We take care, we buy your product, we warehouse it, we take care of the inventory, customer, like one of the biggest things that appealed to me 
uh, about Spreetail was its you know, customer-centric attitude and the operational excellence and its focus on data. That's what really appealed to me about this company and the amount of service level they offered uh, to their customers is really crazy. We, we are the number one sellers on Amazon and Target, that's why. And growing at a crazy speed. So yeah, very exciting time for Spreetail. One thing about supply chain management in e-commerce is, is that it focuses so much on like the whole holistic aspect in terms of procurement of raw materials, manufacturing, distributing the right product at the right time. So there's so much that goes into it, including simple things like warehousing, inventory tracking, order entry, and all those things. So it's pretty exciting to be in e-commerce. And I think you seem to be super excited to be working there as well. Moving forward towards your role, you've listed your role on LinkedIn as a demand planner. What does a demand planner actually do? Well, firstly, I would like to start by saying that, you know, there's there's some difference between demand planning and forecasting. Most of the people would, coming out of an educational background would just see demand planning as to do with forecasting, but that's just the basic, the base level to get into demand planning. Uh, there's a more like holistic and um, wholesome approach to planning. It's more than just forecasting, but yes, um, if I have to, uh, sum it all up, you know, a demand planner is basically, you know, forecasting, informing uh, your inventory levels based on what your customer service level is for the company. This is one of the biggest and most important financially impacting factors for the company because a lot of the company's capital is tied to its inventory. And if you as a demand planner can do a good job in understanding the true demand of the customer, you're basically optimizing the inventory and keeping the money that's tied in with that inventory at an optimal level. As you can see, like that's, it's not just technical skills. It's a lot of long-term planning, having the vision to make and drive strategic business decisions, and also setting goals for the future. Uh, demand planners also have to do a lot of scenario planning where they have to you know, identify uncertainty and discuss all the possible scenarios you can work with. So yeah, there's two sides to it, the technical and the strategic side to it. I really, like these days, modern planning is just so boundaryless and limitless. So demand planners have to really understand that what is being modeled or what facts are um, influencing your outcomes and how can you make those unforeseen events become more manageable from like a forecasting perspective. So demand planning is really a discipline that works with so many other fields or uh, functions of your company. And it's kind of like a cross collaboration and trying to get a sense of what the company is trying to do, how are the goals, how are the financial goals of the company, and then building a plan for it, because that's what the company is going to follow. And if the outcomes don't match, uh, you are going to be the person who is going to be accountable. That was a really good high-level explanation of how it works. But you did mention at one point that the whole factors on which demand planning works is boundaryless. So mm -hmm. if it's boundaryless, how would you define what are the key essential factors you take while making a forecast? How you decide is like really important to understand what data you're working with, how accurate that data is, and what you input, how, 
how can you make tweaks? Uh, so what, the most common technique that demand planners use to mitigate that risk of, uh, or you know, be more confident in your data is like by making tweaks before the data ent- enters the model. And there's a lot of smoothening functions you could do. There's pruning. Then, you know, just sometimes taking a simple average works so much better because last year was as a whole, you know, you consider that as an outlier or an anomaly. And then you have to kind of build out around, but you cannot completely eliminate it. You also have to keep, you know, the the anomaly or the outlier in consideration with what you're planning because that's going to impact your current situation. So look back twice as far as you look forward. (laughs) So I have this one last question for you since you're someone who comes with a plethora of experiences working in different countries and different continents. How is the work culture in India different from US specifically to the supply chain domain? Yeah, that's a very good question. You know, whatever little experience I've had in the supply chain industry specific to domain, you know, I can speak to it. I personally think that supply chain, it's still a very burgeoning topic in India, but it's gaining traction in the last few years, you know, in terms of like there actually being specific departments in the company that, you know, uh, have demand planners and logistics and procurement and all those different factors, you know, historically what we've seen is there's a lot of disparity amongst the big players versus, you know, the small uh, SMEs who kind of uh, manage their day-to-day supply chain more with verbal contracts. Um, Well, I know this because, you know, my dad himself is a manufacturer of copper and goods and uh, I have grown up seeing seeing him manage everything that needs to be data-driven and kind of with papers or, you know, uh, so much of uh, Southeast Asia runs on, you know, global promises or contracts. It's, it's, it's a very interesting thing, you know, nothing bad about it, as long as, you know, we can also keep an account or have the data on it to refer back to, because, you know, those, those data sets can really provide some valuable patterns and insights when you look at the history to predict what the future can be. In India, we really like need to focus just on aligning our supply chain strategy with our business strategy and not like just making it about cost cutting, but also about how we can, how supply chain can add value, you know, because what I think is um, traditionally or conventionally how people see supply chain is that, okay, operations, how we can optimize our operations to cut our costs, right? But now with uh, sustainabilities and in supply chain with people adding, giving, you know, customer service levels of like more than 95%, which is a crazy amount. Uh, people are trying to add more value and they're becoming go-givers, you know, not go-getters only. So that's, that's, uh, that's just, you know, a difference. And um, I definitely see India really having a lot of scope because, you know, it's a hub. And after China, I think India, has a lot of potential to enter the manufacturing world and it's already a global supply chain leader. The whole aspect about being data, not being data driven in India, but being more of a verbal is so true because I was interacting with one of a supply chain associate who worked at the analysis site for a massive company. And all they had was return records, not even like Excel sheets. He actually was the one building a first database for them for a company which has run for 40 years that kind of shows the lack of using the data to make data-driven decisions back in india 
compared to here, where we spend a lot of our time just analyzing data before we can actually make any kind of decision. It's a very interesting thing. It's I believe it's evolving, and I guess you touched upon a really important point in terms of that. Mm-hmm. And that, I believe, brings end to this podcast. Thank you so much, Bhumika, for joining us today. We really appreciate you talking with us, giving more insight into understanding what is the actual difference simple difference between a demand planner and a forecasting planner is and so many other things touching on different topics i believe the viewers will find immense value in whatever you've said today we will be back with another episode next week stay tuned till then good night and take care